Going beyond the headlines? Getting to the heart of the story. Calgary Today with Joe McFarland on 770 CHQR. Wet and dreary, a perfect Halloween, very spooky if it wasn't so wet. Although, apparently, the scattered showers are supposed to let up just in time for the kids to trick-or-treat for a couple of hours. And then, as you've heard in the weather, it's going to be cool starting tomorrow for sure. Thanks so much for joining us. And actually, this afternoon, I want you to text me any of your favorite, I love this, the Halloween show movies. Movies that when it's Halloween, you've got to watch it, you like a good scare. And after 4 o'clock, Actually, we're going to talk about the science of fright. What is it that deep down we might not like to be scared, but we kind of like it? Uh, We'll try to explore that after four o'clock. I want, though, to uh, spend this half hour because within the last number of weeks, we have seen Edmonton, Lethbridge, and now Calgary get the go-ahead for safe consumption or safe injection sites. They're known by a number of different names here. And it was last week that we talked with Associate Health Minister Brandy Payne because Health Canada had given the go-ahead for one to be operated out of the Sheldon Schumer Centre. And it's going to happen fairly quickly. In the next couple of weeks, they're going to have a temporary trailer in the parking lot before they have a, a more permanent Center, And that's why I thought I'd bring on Peter Oliver, president of the Beltline Neighborhoods Association. He joins us today. Hello, Peter. Hello, Angela. Thanks for having me. I thought it was important because whenever we have these conversations, we talk with health ministers or people who maybe we talked to insight from Vancouver. So people mm-hmm. who are already very connected with these consumption sites. And I wanted to maybe get a bit more of a feedback from the neighborhood that's going to see this center open. Peter, tell me the, the process that has been going on. When was your association notified of this request to open uh, a consumption site at Sheldon Schumer? So if I remember correctly, it was about last May, the, the province reached out to us uh, that this was that this was coming down the line, that they'd made a number of different applications throughout the province and they were sitting with the federal government. And uh, from that point, they talked about uh, kicking off an engagement process with the entire community. And so that's what's happened over the summer. We had a lot of different engagement sessions that were kind of these big round tables with everyone from um, the chief medical officer, Dr. Nick Etches, um, the Calgary Police Service, a lot of people from AHS who are sort of experts in the area, and then people who also have been affected by um, um, other people in their lives who have had addiction problems. And so it was it was a really good kind of lengthy, um, full conversation on, uh, on the issue and, and the way the province was moving about it. And I think, you know, for the most part, it, it went over quite well. I I wonder if initially when your association was approached with this idea, what some of the the reaction was. Peter, do you remember from, and for people who aren't familiar with the Beltline, maybe I should set that up, but high density, lots of apartments. Give me an idea of what your neighborhood's like. It's a real mix of anything. There's, it's the second most populated neighborhood in Calgary, 23,000 people. It's definitely one of the most dense neighborhoods in Canada. Uh, one of the things that is important to take into consideration, though, is that there already are a lot of different social agencies operating in the Beltline. We're not a stranger to these issues. Mm-hmm. 
And um, the Sheldon Tumors actually had a lot of mental health counseling um, and different clinics operating with it inside of it. And so this was just kind of adding to the suite. And uh, the whole opioid, o- opioid crisis is, is new, right? It, it, it didn't exist really five, ten years ago to the same extent that we see now. And so I think people have generally understood and recognized that action needed to be taken. What has... What has it been like in your neighborhood over the last four or five years with the opioid crisis? Well, I mean, it's hard to say relative to other neighborhoods. We know that 138 people in 2016 died citywide. There were nine inner city, but there were also 28 with no fixed address. And, um, you know, it's not too uncommon to see, you know, an ambulance in the alley or, or police, you know, helping someone on the street. I actually witnessed the first uh, overdose just at an apartment building on the front stoop across the street, um, I think sometime in August. And that really made it hit home for me. It was just someone who one minute looked like they were just sitting waiting for a friend to come home. And then the next minute there was an ambulance on the street and uh, there were paramedics all around them. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, this is an issue where it's it's happening whether we like it or not. And so it's whether or not we want to help move these people into places where they can um, hopefully avoid overdoses and hopefully get uh, some counseling and services to help them get off their addictions and also avoid uh, the spread of other infectious diseases, which can happen from uh, use on the streets. Peter, you you mentioned that um, the Beltline already has a number of social agencies set up there. Do Mm -hmm. you think that... I, I guess they have their own specialty then, because some might argue, so aren't those social agencies already trying to help addicts get them off the street, get them into homes? Uh, I'm just wondering about the, the criticism of that. Yeah, I don't think they're able, you know, they're providing an important role. They're they're providing, I think, some of the more basic needs for people like food and shelter and maybe some job counseling and mm-hmm. stuff. Um, but this is really getting into a public health issue, and this is kind of, I think, above and beyond their scope and their capability. And um, so I think that's why we have the experts and the doctors at EHS. So the way these clinics are set up to work is there's a number of uh, registered nurses on staff, uh, there's counselors, and there's community um, counselors, I believe. And they're there to, number one, just help them make sure that they can use or consume their drugs safely in a safe environment, and then they can rest for as long as they want afterwards. Um, But then there's sort of that connection, that conduit back to other services within the health system. Were you ever at the table when you were talking about all the different stakeholders? Were you ever there Mm -hmm. with Calgary Police Services? Yeah, yeah, I was. Not just at the announcement, but at the consultation session. Right. Did, did they raise concerns or were they there more to say why they they liked the idea? We, we've yet to talk to CPS and we are okay. in the process of doing that. But I, I'm just curious because I think that's another... Uh, the people who are saying we don't want one in our neighborhood are saying we, we don't want to have more druggies. We don't want to have more drug dealers. Did police talk at all about uh, a reduction in crime when we have these consumption sites? Yeah, so I mean, they've they've talked, Dr... Or, um, Chief uh, uh, Roger Cheffin has uh, talked about how this isn't a problem that we can deal with solely uh, through enforcement. 
And what we've actually seen is that these clinics have not led to an increase in, in local crime and have actually moved um, a lot of the activity into the supervised areas, into the supervised clinics. Mm-hmm. And uh, what what has helped us as a community is just the partnership with having CPS actually at the table um, and they're able to to uh, look after things, you know, outside of the scope of just the facility itself. So to monitor crime around the area, to be there, to deal with issues as they come up. And um, really, I mean, this isn't an issue that mental health isn't really something that we want to as a society be dealing with through law enforcement alone or, you know, paying for EMS to pick people up off the sidewalk every time they have an issue. We need um, counselors and, and medical staff to to help people with their health issues, but also to get them um, get them on a better track. As I said, we're we're definitely putting in the request to talk with the police just as we roll these out because I think mm-hmm. uh, I think Brandy Payne said in the next couple of weeks we're going to see uh, temporary trailers at Sheldon Schumer. Is that your understanding? Right. Yes. And, and the reason I want to talk with Chief Chaffin or anyone within CPS is it must be so weird that they know people, because they're bringing in their own drugs. Mm-hmm. And I even had a texter last week say, oh, so now it's, it's legal to have heroin, to possess heroin. So there must be with, within the police saying that we don't, we're not going to waste our time with the, the users as much as we want to find the people who are selling the drugs or, you know, going after the bigger yeah. fish. Because I think that's sometimes people who are still not quite clear on these consumption sites are saying, so the police turn a blind eye to people coming in with illegal drugs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely a, a better conversation to have with them. I, yeah. I think um, that's why enforcement is still important. But you know, more importantly, from dealing with the larger trafficking issues. And again, you know, um, a lot of addictions also start just from actually prescribed use. So I think at the last press announcement, there was someone um, who was talking about a family member who uh, had someone who I think was in a car accident and they were prescribed painkillers. And over a period of time, they became addicted. And after their prescription ended, their... um, their consumption didn't stop yeah. and then they turned to illegal ways of acquiring drugs and um, and so we can't leave those people sort of just to fend for themselves I think we've seen what happens and in the last few years we've we've only seen an increase in the number of uh, deaths from overdoses so it's a big crisis I mean more people are dying uh, from this than from homicide and from car collisions combined in Calgary, so um, obviously we need to to look at this differently, and I think the province is going in the right direction here. I wonder, and and at this point, it's just Sheldon Schumer Center. It's a different situation in Edmonton where there's going to be at least four. You know, there's the concern from businesses that it's in a concentrated area of of four of these consumption sites. At this point, we just have Sheldon Schumer. Um, mm-hmm. But what you're, it sounds like before I let you go, it sounds like the the community is welcoming this and they're ready to see how it rolls out. Yeah, and I mean. For us, it's also important to, I think, to move. We understand uh, that the modular unit outside is only temporary yeah. as an interim solution while they finish the renovations inside the tumor, and it's important to get the service up and running. 
Um, but we really do think it's best both for the users and for the community that, you know, the service is fully integrated into the centre so that um, it, it's part of the complete package of healthcare services there and not something that's seen as this extra little silo on the side. Yeah. Peter, so, I really, I'm sorry I didn't mean to cut you off, but I really appreciate your time. I wanted to open up the phone lines, and so I'll let you go, but thanks so much. Okay. Thanks so much, Angela. Peter Oliver, he's the president of the Beltline Neighborhoods Association. So that neighborhood, as he says, the second most populated, I think he said, in all of the country. And so high density, they've seen this already. It's not as if this is going to be the first time that the drug addicts have been in the neighborhood. They're already there. So the idea of having this safe consumption site, it sounds like it's going to be a solution. I want to open up the lines to you, though. I've got a few minutes on the other side of the break. 403-974-8255. Didn't really have a chance to talk to you about it last week when when I had Brandy Payne on with the announcement. Now I want to hear from you. 403-974-8255.